Well, I am excited to announce that uh, I had homework and I did it for a change because I don't typically do my homework or I do my homework, but I always do it very last second. And I actually jumped on this homework and I am here to tell you all about, not all about, I'm here to tell you a, a half-assed research version of Hanukkah and Kwanzaa because I said I would. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what did you think I was going to say? Well, when you were talking about you did your homework and you kind of did it at the last minute, I thought you were referring to your school project where it was the push-up challenge and you did 1,400 push-ups like the night before. No, I have. uh, Okay, so update with the push-up challenge. Uh, I've been doing, what's today, the 7th? So for seven days now, I have had to do 200 push-ups a day. Um, Oh, man. The first day scared me. The second day, I didn't know if I could do it. The third day was bad. Uh, But I still completed them. I completed them at like 2.30 in the morning, which so technically it wasn't in the calendar day, but it was still between waking up and going to sleep. So I count it as like I'm okay with that. Um, There's been one. Okay, listen, there's been two days. One day I did 90. Another day I did 70. Five. I did 75 and those weren't an inability to do them. They were just not having time. Like I was either on the road all day or, you know, whatever, but rest assured that when only 90 push-ups took place on a day, there was also a day where th- <laughs> 310 push-ups took place in order to make up for 90. Dang. Um, I feel like I'm over the hump. I, it, it doesn't hurt near as much as it did. And so that's, you know, my back, my arms, my chest, my stomach, like my abs. Like I'm, mm. I'm, I'm amazed the things that hurt. Your um, soul. My soul, but not so much anymore. So listen, okay, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, if, if I get any of these details wrong and you are someone who celebrates either of these holidays, I apologize profusely. This was a very quick attempt to learn about these holidays. Uh, so Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is an African-American holiday. Uh, that was introduced to the Americas in 1966. Um, It's basically about celebrating and preserving uh, African-American culture. Um, There are seven themes. So it takes place over several days, and each day has its own theme. There's seven seven themes, including like... um, economic success and self-determination and all of these things. So each day you celebrate a different theme. Um, Hmm. And then each day also has a different object or a different symbol that corresponds with that theme. Um, Cool. Yeah. And so that's, that's, and they exchange gifts on uh, January 1st. So it it ends on January. I think, I think it runs from like the 23rd or 24th of December mm. until January 1st. And on oh, January cool. 1st, there is a gift exchange. Um, and so, yeah, Hanukkah uh, dates back to the, like, well, I mean, this is maybe the wrong way to say it, but it's the only way I know how to say it. It dates back to like biblical times. Um, mm. And the king of Syria, uh, total asshat, um, <laughs> and... <laughs> is enforcing his religious beliefs on everybody else, right? So any temples that are around, he's like converting those temples into temples that are in line with his beliefs and his thoughts. Um, and yeah, so so that's, that's what he does. And there's a bunch of like basically freedom fighters. There's a guy named Judah uh, and all of his supporters 
Uh, and they're like, no, screw this guy. We're gonna we're going to take back what's ours. So they all grab their swords. They go in and they take back the, their temple. They do so. And while they're in the temple, they're like cleaning up. They're like wiping the spray painted graffiti off the walls. They're taking down the propaganda posters. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and they go to light the menor- a menorah, which is like a uh, like a you know a candelabra basically. Mm. Um, yep. And there's only enough oil. Uh, they're like looking at their oil supplies and they're like, oh shit, we should have stocked up. There's only enough oil to get us through tonight, and then we're boned. Um, <laughs> And then by some crazy miracle, the oil burned for eight days and eight nights. Uh, and they attributed that to God. You know, it was it was their God showing his faith, faithfulness to them, so on and so forth. Mm. And so that's mm-hmm. why today Hanukkah lasts eight days uh, and eight nights. And there's a menorah that they, they light a, a different candle each night. Um, and yeah, so that's that is Hanukkah. Very cool. Bas- basically, this the the exact same God as Christianity. Uh, mm. They just don't buy the whole baby in the manger thing, or they do sure. buy it, but they think he's lying about who he is, yeah. um, or something like that. So, anyways, that that is my that is my you know that is my uh, submit my assignment, and if it gets a sixty, I'm happy. <laughs> approach to Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. And now join us next. Join us next week on World Religion One Hundred and One. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, we're shifting the podcast. I, I think, <laughs> I think our listening audience. I think our our demographic is the same. And so you know, movie fans, World Religion. It, yeah, it, we we probably won't have any drop off. It's fine. No, it's fine. Oh, okay, so Christmas, the other holiday, mm-hmm. um, is is upon us. It's approaching. Uh, in a world where. In a year where the only thing that we can really look forward to is is drinking eggnog that's a little too strong and <laughs> and saying things inappropriate to our cousin, um, mm. it's mm. Uh, it's yeah, Christmas is coming, and so we filled December with with Christmas films and James Bond. Is is one does this one does sex espionage and and festivity mm. is is. You know the theme of this December, um, and weird hair pieces, and weird hair pieces, and so we have done two. Um, w- you know, we're looking back on one and looking forward uh, toward another Christmas vote. Um, but sandwiched in between those two juicy episodes is uh, an episode about a film that Pete has. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for you, but it's sort of a, a special place in your heart for. Is that? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say it's in, like, the top shelf of, like, complete sentimental, you know, circle of trust. But it's definitely nestled its way into, if not every Christmas, every other. Sure. Okay. It's, That's yeah. fair. Um, yeah. I had never seen this film. Um, mm. I It's slipped under the radar. Um, I've... I think I've known the title like if you for years now if someone says the title I'm familiar with it. Uh, I think it was only last year when you and I started talking about Love Actually that I actually knew it was a Christmas movie. Right. Um, right. And up until like maybe 2 or 3 weeks ago I was entirely oblivious to the cast. Um, <laughs> so completely I'm like I must confess to some shame about how this has um, slipped under my radar. Uh, mm. anyways we 
we've also been dying to to do something. We've been dying to get a, a certain someone back on our show. Someone who this will be their third time joining us if you count our uh, the live cast that we did back in March. Right. Whenever yeah. whenever we ate a bunch of spicy hot peppers <laughs> and then he challenged us to get naked on the internet live in front of a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> and we obliged. That, we did. Uh, that happened. It was for a good cause. It was. Uh, you know, airing things out. Was that the cause? Mm. Yeah. It also, that is also a good cause. You got to air things out. Um, mm. But yeah, so uh, not only does he have his own podcast, um, mm. but he also owns a nudist campground, which makes him a particularly interesting guest to have on our show um, and just chat about life and other things. And um, if you could see him, if this was not just an audio only thing, you would be bewildered by his facial hair because he has a, <laughs> he has a mustache among, among gods. Um, but yeah. Welcome back to the show, Stefan Duchesne. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a it's a pleasure to be back, especially for this one of my well, it's my favorite modern Christmas movie. Okay. Oh. Oh which, my. Which is also so yeah, we'd been dying to get you back, and then you mentioned to me at one point that you really liked Love Actually. And so then mm. I said to Pete, I was like, oh, like, here's the opportunity then. We got to, <laughs> you know. The stars are aligning. Little did I know at the time that this would be the first Christmas film that I'd ever seen that has a, a, its share of nude films or nude scenes in it. And sex um, and everything. And sex. And no so violence. There's no violence. No, no. There's But rock and roll. There is rock and roll. Yes. The, the, the. And the, drugs. The, yeah, was there? <laughs> what drugs was, were Implied. there? Implied. Implied, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He talks about. Uh, yeah. Bill Nye. He talks about. Well, they drink alcohol. It's a drug, you know. Sure. That, yeah. That is a fact. When there's yeah. caffeine at some point. Yes, that's a drug too. And yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure someone smoked a cigarette. Actually, I don't think so because we were talking in the beginning. You know, they give you the warnings. You know, oh. language. There's normally there's now a smoking warning, and there wasn't. So yeah. oh. I don't actually think they smoke. No okay. use of tobacco. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's good. it's too far back in time for there to be any vaping. That's yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, uh, uh, 2003 before the iPhone. No popcorn lung for Colin Firth. In um, fact, isn't that before Facebook? When did Facebook start? Yeah, Facebook's yes. like 2000. Yeah. I think Zuckerberg launched it as his like his his face kind of hot or not thing in like 2005, but mm. I think 2006 yeah. is when it when it became accessible by the public. By I've, public, I, yeah. I've been on since April 2007. I discovered that the other day. Oh wow, um, nice. which is crazy, crazy if I think about that. Yeah, that 13 years of my life, I've been on, I've been on Facebook. That's hmm. weird. That's weird to me, uh, especially because 13 years of my life is almost half my life. But you're such a social guy. You had to get on. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not on Reddit. Reddit freaks me out. I don't understand Reddit. I don't want to be on Reddit. It's complicated. I can't like I got on Reddit to post an episode of this podcast oh. and and they immediately <laughs> took it down and they're like, oh, you've only been on here. For, you haven't been on here for a week yet. So you're not allowed to post. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, it depends which subreddit you join. I love Reddit. Right. Reddit uh. is honest. Reddit is still not being like censored all over the place unless you join a group hmm. that censors you. True. Okay. I like it. Moderators. 
Okay. Start uh, your own group. So typically, typically we start the show with some form of uh, trivia. Uh, mm. And so as uh, as our guest, we have um, we have bestowed Stefan with the honor of uh, of trying to trip us up. I have no doubt that I will not know the answer to any question he asks because I, I literally yeah. just like uh, <laughs> half an hour ago finished watching this film for the very first time. Um, I have to say, I am personally tickled pink and excited for this holiday treat. You should also be quivering. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> maybe I'm not as scared as I should be. You should be scared. You should be scared. Uh, all right, hit hit us up. So, was there a sequel? Oh God, to Love Actually. Ooh. Can I, do you mind if I take this one, Brady? Uh, yeah, I, I, you, okay, you answer it. And then before he confirms or denies, I just want to give my, yeah. my mental work through of how I would answer. Sure. So last night I was just playing around on the old iPad and I was looking up the filmography of one of the actors in, in Love Actually, and something was listed under it or, or under this person's filmography that I raised an eyebrow to. So I'm going to lean towards, yeah, mm, I'm going to say no, there was not a sequel, <laughs> but I watched a trailer that I assume was a parody for a fake sequel that was made like within the last five years that I watched and was funny, and I didn't have time to investigate if it was an actual film or if it was just a trailer. So I'm going to say no, there's not a sequel, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Uh, my thought, I don't know. You've just swayed me. Because I was going to say yes, because otherwise, like, it, it, it's a completely psychological <laughs> approach that I'm taking to this. Well, yes, that's how yeah. you always answer well, trivia questions. You don't try true. to, you don't know the answer. Know. You just try to psych it out. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking yes, because what a weird question. Otherwise, I mean, is, there's got to be, and then you're going right. to tell us about the sequel that was, <laughs> sure. that's not, you know, that is maybe just like the spiritual sequel to it. Like it's not technically, but it is kind of, you know, like maybe the way New Year's Eve is a sequel to Valentine's Day which is basically just a rip off of this film I've now found out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but then, but then at the same time, I, I, I believe at, you know, in, in the darkest part of my heart, I believe that you like to, to mess with people a little bit. And so it wouldn't surprise me for you to give something as a trick question that seemed like, Oh, well, obviously there is because otherwise why wouldn't, why would he be asking this? Uh, so I'm also going to go with no, just because I think you're that maniacal. Uh, devious, <laughs> yes. That's true. That would be a good way to get you is to a really intricate question that must be true. That must be true. Which is completely made up. Right. Yeah. Is that what is that what happened? Well, it's yes and no. Okay. It's a trick question. Oh. Oh. So I think what you saw is what I'm referring to, Pete. And there is... Um, it, I consider it to be a sequel because it's a short. <laughs> okay. It's the actual, most of the actual cast yeah. in the future. Uh, right. And what it is, they got together for a charitable event that's called Red Nose Day in the UK. And it's become this really 
uh, popular thing they do on TV and big stars get on and do all kinds of stuff to convince people. You know, it's like the PBS money raising thing, like Telethon. They're just trying to get people to donate as much money as possible in one day towards this charity, towards uh, ending child poverty. And it's called mm. Red Nose Day. And they did this mini follow-up uh, short with the original cast, who's quite a bit older, including the famous you know dance in the prime minister's office. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you get Hugh... Uh, uh, what's his last name? Grant. Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant, thank you. Hugh Grant doing the, except he's obviously a lot older and he's having a hard time doing the moves. <laughs> you get the scene of, uh, and I'm terrible with names, uh, the young kid who's in love with the girl. Um, mm. Yeah, I see. I know him from some, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to look it up now because I didn't want to look it up during the movie. He will be referred to as the boy from the Queen's Gambit, as my wife told me. Oh, is that who it is? Apparently. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. So they have they have a reunion by the water. You know where where they sit together and he tells his dad that he's in love and he, he laughs at him? Well, the same spot, meets his dad again, and his girlfriend, who's the actual uh, young woman who's the singer at the end of the movie, and they have a little chat about how they're together and that kind of thing. So there's a whole right. number of scenes. Akira Knightley with the, uh, the sign thing is kind of a redone. So, oh yeah, so That's yeah, it's true. it's very cool actually. So Brady, his, you need to check it out for the, sure. The actor's name is Thomas Brody Sangster, uh, yes. and his character's name is Sam. Uh, in this, uh, I know him from something. I don't know what I know him from. Apparently, he's in the Force Awakens. I don't know as who, because um, hmm. it does not say. But I know him from something, and I know him from something like when he's that age or close to. Oh. Uh, Nanny McPhee. He's one of the kids in Nanny oh. McPhee. That's what I know him from. Okay. Uh, which I've only seen once a while ago, but clearly that's <laughs> clearly it stuck with me. <laughs> um, okay, so let's. I mean, let's talk about uh, the movie about the power of Mariah Carey, um, or really the movie that makes you realize that if you are as a as a father, if you are shooting to be anything other than Liam Neeson's character in this film, then <laughs> you need to reevaluate because this guy is on point as a father. He, he is. He is. He's every, like, to indulge, to not only to indulge, but to, to, to go to the ends of the earth and encourage your child in a way that, uh, that he does. It's it, just so his amazing. His stepson too, not his own child. Right. Yeah, not even his yeah. own child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's 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 so heartwarming and it's so you know that he like he it, it's I don't know it, it. People would argue that like the way that he swears in front of him and like you know his appraisal of his kid's situation to him is well I guess you're effed <clears> then. <throat> uh, some people would argue that's inappropriate, but to me it was just so like I don't know. It was it was treating him as a as a friend. And not just as a subordinate. It was yeah, like as a this, person. Right. Yeah. As, as a, yeah. You know, yeah, you know let's, call, let's, let's call it what it is. You're in school. This is what you talk. This is how you talk <laughs> when you're in school. And so there's yeah. no point in like hiding it and not, you know, like beating around the bush about it now. Okay. Mm. So I'm, listen, I just saw this film for the first Hold time. On. Hold on. Okay. I do need the floor for just a couple minutes. Okay. You now, did warn me of this and then I agreed to it and then completely ignored it. <laughs> I'm I'm hurt. All right, but this this holiday season does come once a year, so 
there is a poem that I want to share that if I don't share it now, when will I share it? So I'm going to share it. will only be a couple minutes. Okay. But it's something I want to share with both of you, okay? It's called Love Actually the Poem. Did you write this? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Love Actually the Film. In case you haven't heard, a charming story of connection and tenderness undeterred. Many characters inhabit this tale. It's quite easy to confuse. Let me walk you down this path, some information to infuse. Snape is relationally quite sinister, the brother-in-law to the Prime Minister. Married to the great Emma Thompson, their teaching days at Hogwarts are gone. Elizabeth Swan gets married to Scar, with Andrew Lincoln not too far. Third wheeling aplenty for this crew, this tangled web is much to view. All I want for Christmas is Rowan Atkinson. Mr. Bean, look what you've become. To hear your elegant voice aloud, your gift presentation makes us proud. You Grant and Colin Firth, no longer Bridget diary mates. One is the PM of England, the other a Portuguese king's speech. A new role for Bilbo Baggins, Liam Neeson's love is taken. And Billy Bob Thornton stars as himself, if I'm not mistaken. And with that, let's get into this festive tale. See, I thought that was you, but that's clearly Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> that is impressive. Did Thank you write you. that? That's that's really good. I quite literally I wrote it yesterday in the morning on a napkin. I I have to send you Stefan, I'll have to send you f for our Harry Potter series. Pete twice now uh has so he's he's done this thing where he recaps the 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 Harry Potter film at the start of the movie for anyone who doesn't hasn't seen it recently or hasn't seen it at all but still for some godforsaken reason wants to listen to us talk about it um <laughs> uh and twice now he has produced written and produced a rap to recap the and wow. it's it's just it's it's as white boy as it gets but it's <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> phenomenal but still impressive but still impressive yeah. but super impressive uh i'm okay so i'm curious i just saw this film for the first time um it's it's borderline if not entirely beloved for both of you and so i want to hear first like before i give any of my impressions i'm curious uh why why this film what about this film makes you a repeat customer why do you feel compelled to return to it year after year so who starts fight for the floor i, I whatever <laughs> stefan please well for me it's just a really well put together film. Like it's, there's two things you really, you, the, the most important thing in my opinion in a good movie is the writing. Without good writing, I don't care how good the actor is, we've all seen the movies, it's shit. Right? You, you, <laughs> you just, the, the actress can only work with the material if it's good. And in this, I mean, there's some great actors. It's got an incredible cast, but it's really well written. And I was saying as we were watching it that I like how it tells a story. It never drags. I'm never bored because it's moving fast. It doesn't insult you as the viewer. 
Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to spell everything out. It lets you figure some of it out. Um, and I, it tells you all the things you need to know in clever ways. Like, you know, in the beginning where um, the brother, Jamie, comes back in and meets his own brother. And we, mm. we, have to, we need to know it's his brother, right? And, and they're doing it in 30 seconds. So he's going, oh, hey, good to see you. Yeah, so it could be his friend. We don't know. And then he just kind of says, hey, I was thinking we should uh, talk to mom. And we're like, oh, okay, we get it. They're <laughs> brothers. And then mm-hmm. immediately his wife calls down. Uh, does it matter? We're wrecking the movie for people who haven't seen it? No, I guess it doesn't. No, matter. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone's watched, if someone's listening to this and they haven't seen the movie, that's their own damn fault. <laughs> Stop now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then immediately we get, you know, his wife calling down and come upstairs. I want to do you twice before my husband comes home kind of thing. Yeah. And mm. in a, like, it, you know, I, I don't think it was born in a minute. A whole story has been developed. A whole story arc. And we don't. He doesn't have have to have a fight with anybody. He doesn't yell at his brother. He doesn't go upstairs and scream at his wife. They just cut out. We're done. Yeah. Because we need hmm. to finish it, to put him in a position that he's vulnerable and he has to get away. Well, something I was thinking about during the film that yeah that I think definitely speaks to the writing is like every 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 character in this movie you you end up somewhat attached to, you care about, you want to know how this is going to unfold, you care about them. But each actor only, like on average, has like 20 minutes, if that, of screen time. And so so Mm. to take all of these different stories and only give them 20 minutes each uh, and and to to instill that, that sense of of attachment to these characters in that period of time, that's no easy task. No, no, exactly. And um, also to keep the thing moving the way they do without getting lost, there's an art. I mean, they're all overlapping, which is kind of clever. And you kind of go, hey, I've, okay, I see. They're connected this way and they're connected that way. And you just you, you keep watching it. Um, it, it's, it just moves. It moves fast. Yet there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of things happening. And it's predictable as a rom-com is. Sure. But then it's not completely. Right. Right? Like the, uh, sorry, again, I'm terrible with the characters. You know, the guy who's basically almost cheating on his wife, although we're, not, we're left to not know exactly whether he cheated or not. He gave her a necklace. Right. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman's character. But did he do anything more than that? Sure. And we're not quite clear on that. Because she asked, like, you know, is it is it a necklace? Is it a necklace and sex? Is it a necklace and mm-hmm. love? Right. And that's not answered. And he doesn't answer. He says he's an idiot. And then and, and at the end... She's okay. So it's more about their relationship and the strength of it and how they can get over it than the other one. Yeah. And I, I agree mm-hmm. that, yeah, there were, I mean, there were predictable moments. There was a moment we were watching it and there was a moment when Hugh Grant, the prime minister, is going door to door on this street looking for where this girl <laughs> lives. And the first house that he comes to, uh, house number one, which is brilliant, uh, a brilliant film, uh, like plot point that, you know, the first one he reaches is, is door number one. Uh, house number number one and so when the next one he reaches is 56 you can or that it shows you is 56 you can you can extrapolate okay he's been at this a while this is the 56th (laughs) house that he's hit but as he's leaving house number one and she says hang on a second and and seconds before he said it word for word i said the line 
aren't you the prime minister? And and I had mm. never seen the film, but it was just so obvious that that was what was going to happen. Um, but then likewise, <laughs> when the prime minister is dancing through the halls, I'm thinking to myself, okay, the girl that he's, he's sweet for is going to be standing there. And really, no, it was just another member of his staff. Right. Um, yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's not who I expected to catch him acting like a fool. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but that was nice. It was refreshing that it wasn't like, oh, okay, of course. And she sees it and he feels embarrassed, but it's one more way in which she thinks he's endearing and you know, all of these things. (laughs) Yeah. And did you predict that, uh, you know, the, uh, Billy Mac character would end up with his manager? No, no, not at all. It's, that's a a different kind of love story, right? It's Mm -hmm. friendship. It's buds. And that was interesting because they hug. Um, yeah. and then he, very awkwardly, they hug very awkwardly. <laughs> but when, when he, I was thinking about it, I was like, when, when this first started, um, the scene and he's talking about, he's talking to his manager about how that is, you know, he is the love of his life. I thought to myself, I will not be, I won't be shocked if they kiss. They might not. <laughs> right. But, mm. but if this turns into a romantic moment, I, I, I won't be, my jaw's not going to hit the floor. It, it, I'm like, oh, okay. I, and honestly, part of, I think it would have been interesting if they had. I mean, it's 2003, so, you know, mm-hmm. what we're representing in film is maybe a little bit different at that point. But I was thinking in that moment, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, that's what's missing. Mm-hmm. That's what's missing mm-hmm. from this film is a, is a, is a same-sex relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, yeah, absolutely. I thought that was, that was really interesting. Uh, Pete, what are your thoughts? Why why this film? I so I think we just kind of hit on it at the tail end there. I I would obviously mirror everything Stefan said. Uh, there's that saying you insert the blanks, but it's you know you came for one thing but stayed for another. I remember the first time I watched this film, I was procrastinating for a university assignment, so I was like, hey, I'm gonna rent it, throw it on, and it's a way to not have to write this essay. <laughs> and I I. I liked the outward things that this film had to offer, like the things that just make you laugh in your stomach, like when Hugh Grant is dancing at the Prime Minister residence or singing carols door to door, you know, like all the superficial things. Sure. And obviously now that it's kind of an annual or biannual tradition in our home, obviously it's probably more a sentimental thing now. Like it might, you know, there's a lot of not well-made movies that make it into that category. This is a well-made movie, but I think... What I came for was just kind of the fun rom-com. And then what I've stayed for since then is the how well this film is at character development and character relationships. So uh, I'm just going to say it off the bat. We've kind of touched on it a bit. But my favorite storylines are the Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson storyline. Oh, or okay. or what you said, Liam Neeson and his stepson. And his son. Yeah. And I think that's what sets this rendition of the but throw a bunch of celebrities into a rom-com and interweave the storyline. I think that's what se- separates this one from some of the other renditions that to me, some of these relationships really transcend just simply romantic relationships, but just basic human platonic relationships. And that fact is, you know, we're talking about different types of love. So sibling love friendship love that we just talked about with the manager and the rock star so i feel like that this movie just transcends maybe just the cookie cutter cutter definition of some cookie cutter um rom-com elements right i think that's what really kind of resonates with me cool 
Yeah, and it's it's funny in the characters too because they take some so far, like the Colin character, the guy who goes to Milwaukee, <laughs> you know, and the women who throw himself at him. Like it's it's apt. It's so funny because it's ridiculous, but they know they're being ridiculous. <laughs> Like sure. there, it's 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 almost a different style from the rest of it, where they have just gone to the sublimely ridiculous that we're all going, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. Uh, okay, so I went into this not knowing what to expect, um, hearing that may I did hear that maybe it was similar to Valentine's Day in some ways, which is a film I have seen. Um, and it definitely like this film feels like the inspiration for that movie, knowing that this movie came out first. Um, it, it definitely feels like Valentine's Day borrowed a lot of concepts, a lot of, you know, let's take let's take everybody and their uncle and put them into a film um, with a bunch of people who are seemingly unconnected. And then as the movie sort of unfolds and right towards the end, we'll put them all into one place together. We'll tell you how they're all actually, you know, or or many of them are connected to each other, whether it just be their kids go to the same school or they're related or they work together or, or whatever it is. Um, you know what? I, I, like I said, I, I feel shame that this film has gone under my radar. I, you know, after a first viewing, I adore this film. Um, even if it's, even if it's just for its cast, you know, like every time I've, I've been feeling this all throughout our Harry Potter series and, and this has been no different. Anytime I see Alan Rickman on screen, it makes me sad. Um, mm, yes, he's, you know, whether it, whether it be from Harry Potter or Die Hard or Robin Hood or his, his singing role in Sweeney Todd, Alan Rickman is just a, like a, a incredible energy and, and is, you know, effortlessly menacing in, in any, obviously not so in this, um, but it's still there. Like it's still just that, that the baritone that he is is phenomenal Liam Neeson obviously is Liam Neeson um it's refreshing to know that he's in a film where nobody has kidnapped his kid um <laughs> yet yet that he he doesn't have to he doesn't have to employ a that, set of skills that he's that acquired. is a sequel that's coming that's uh, yeah <laughs> Sam, Sam coming gets, in Sam gets taken yeah Sam gets yeah. taken uh Kira Knightley who I I disclosed to Stefan is totally one of my celebrity crushes oh my gosh oh wow like, just like stunningly, you know, she's like, I, she's watching the wedding video of herself and she's like, Oh, I actually look quite pretty. And I'm like, no shit. Like <laughs> what, what, as if, as if, you know, like on your off day, you could still look at the footage and go, uh, and Stefan attributed, it's definitely her smile. She's just got this like ridiculously white, full smile and it's just it's you know she's mm. incredible great voice um hugh grant hugh grant's a guy that i'm i was i'm less familiar i've definitely seen fewer of his films um but he's a lot of fun in this and i think played the role uh, seeing him in this makes me curious to go watch more hugh grant films um of, of note i have a friend who actually saw hugh grant in person in london oh really yeah i mean if you're gonna see hugh grant somewhere <laughs> Apparently he he was just a lot shorter than they expected. Really, he they like he's a he's a Tom Cruiser. He's just super, <laughs> you know. He's half the just man, anyways. Without the Scientology, right? Uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson is amazing. Um, 
not a comedic role for her, which is interesting because a lot of people don't know that Emma Thompson is like first and foremost a comedic ac- actor, actress. Really? That's how. She, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she's wow. she's got her roots planted in comedy. Um, no way. Yeah, definitely look up some of her early stuff, and she's a lot of huh. she's she's a hilarious actress. Um, you know what? Honestly, uh, well, Colin Firth, Colin Firth, obviously from you know I know him from Kingsman, but also I just within the last two years watched the Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice. Um, and that's, uh, it's a marathon. It's a lot to get through, um, mm. but it's incredible. The person who steals the show for me in this film. Um, okay. And you know what? It's not one of the heartfelt moments. It's not a, it's not a, a, a significant plot point. I am for, I am and forever will be a diehard Rowan Atkinson fan. Um, and Preach. Everyone yes. I've talked to up until this point, I would say is first and foremost an actor or an actress. Rowan Atkinson is first and foremost a performer. Mm. Um, he is an actor, but he is, he is a performer. He is, the, the way that he is able to take a simple scene, they hand him some lines and say, okay, these are your lines. You got to put a bunch of shit into a bag. <laughs> you know, R- Rowan Atkinson it up a little bit. Uh, and he does so in a way that only Rowan Atkinson, like, I feel oh, yeah. like that. Oh, sorry, requ- it is so much more than a role. Oh yeah. And I feel it's like it, so much more. it, it requires so little. Di- I would imagine that scene required very little direction. Like they just said, mm, yeah. you know, they weren't like, Oh, this is how we want the scene to go. So we need to tell the guy how to do it. They go, no, no, no. Right. We want this scene to be done the way Rowan Atkinson would do a scene. Let's mm. get Rowan Atkinson to do it. Um, yeah. There's a little True. bit of Mr. Bean in there, but I also grew up with, you know, whether it's Black Adder or his uh, James Bond parody series, Johnny English. Right. Um, and honestly, there's, if you just go on YouTube, there's some excellent, he had like a one-man comedy show where he does a bunch of skits a number of years ago. Um, and they're all on YouTube. They're absolutely hilarious. Rowan Atkinson, I love so much because for playing one of the dumbest characters around, I think he is, uh, it, it's, it's appropriate to use the word genius when describing him. He is a very smart individual. Um, sure. He's very aware of his craft and how to perform in a very physical manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Rowan Atkinson, Rowan Atkinson stole the show for me. That whole scene, I was, I was in stitches. I don't even know if that, if it was that funny, but I was just, I, it had me. You know who he makes me think of? Who? Robin Williams. Yeah. Cause Robin Williams is also an actor that you would, you just give him a few lines and then yeah. he would just improvise the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. And he would yeah. just had a sense that he could make something so much more out of a character than what it was in the beginning. I was just watching an interview with him that he was doing during his press tour for Aladdin. And he uh, he said, yeah, he says, like, I came in the first day and I recorded it the way they had it on the paper. Uh, and then he said, and then on day two, I said, okay, can I play a little? And they're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, and he said, and they ended up with 35 hours of recordings that they eventually condensed down into... <laughs> Right, but wow. it's just it's all and and <laughs> famously, Aladdin is one of the m- few movies where they animated the scenes around what he had recorded versus uh, here's the scene, come voice it, 
right? Hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine wow. the two of them together, Rowan Atkinson? Oh my gosh. God. Put them in a room together, maybe sprinkle some some Jim Carrey at his A game and oh. just kind of, you know, let them go to town. Hmm. Man. Uh so where do we go from here, Pete? This is I'm 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 a, I'm I'm as much I am almost as much if not more a guest in this episode than Stefan is because I've <laughs> I only just saw this film. Wow, I mean, yeah. So I mean, the, the first thing I just want to say, just for those who actually listen to our show, this is <laughs> wait, what's that no, mean? No, 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 no. Those who, agree, no, those who no, actually no. listen to our show, those. What I mean is those who listen week to week, because by that I mean. We just previously had an episode about a British prime minister that was of a very different tone. In our Black Mirror episode. In our Black Mirror episode. Yeah. So this is a very different tone, uh, very different premise. Um, yeah, I don't know where do we, where we want to take this. We want to kind of break down some of the main storylines. Um, the soundtrack for me, like the best, I feel like this film hits a, like a record for having the best not real song in cinematic history and Christmas is all around us. And Bill Nighy's song. Yeah. 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 Uh, and wh- that's such a performance too, right? Every time he gets interviewed. Yeah. He's so hilarious. Yeah. As a, as a sellout asshole who yeah. is just so done with, you know what, <laughs> probably started probably started out as, uh, as a serious performer and probably still deep down inside does want to actually write and make good music but he's mm. he's he's gotten wrapped up in the corporate machine where you mm. you take a product and you slap a new package on it and you sell it for more dollars and you you know <laughs> you just you just and he hates it he hates it he hates that he's probably wishing he'd never he loves the money but he's probably wishing he'd never signed to a big label because mm. it's it what's come with it is just you know press junkets and like this this never ending commercialism aspect hmm. but no it's it's good I, and i've heard the song somewhere so which speaks volume, I guess, to the the success of the film. I'd never seen the film, but I've definitely heard hmm. that song. I yeah. love it. I also think the uh, I love the rendition of uh, "All I Want for Christmas" um, mm. by yeah. the girl. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, I, in some ways I like it better than maybe because I've seen the movie so many times. Then the more I carry one, it's a little less uh, produced. A little less played every twenty minutes, every yeah, December. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not there. I'm still drinking the Kool Aid of the Mariah Carey version, but I hear what you're saying. Are you a? Are you okay? Whoa! So every so often we come across some questions that we probably should have sat down and hashed <laughs> out before entering into a podcast together. Are you a All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey uh, Kool Aid drinker? You uh, you like I, the song? You look yeah, forward I, to it? You sing along I've, in the car? I think what I will say in my defense is I think I came late to the party, so I think I've not been oversaturated oh, okay. to it. So I think so. The answer is yes. Okay. Like I've I've sung it quite literally like twice today already, <laughs> and I I think it's just that I like I've not it's I'm not a lifer, so I, the the shine hasn't worn off yet. I mean, I was humming along during the film. So that's 100%. Okay. I'm just, sure. I'm more, like, we, we talk about mu- Christmas music. I'm a Bing Crosby, uh, Perry Como, um, you, you know what? Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like, mm. <laughs> I've got I've got a very eclectic kind of Christmas taste. Yeah. And Mariah Carey yeah. just doesn't, you know. 
But there's many, many people who have done All I Want for Christmas. Sure. But yes. didn't she write it? Like, isn't that initially her song? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. All I know is that every Christmas, Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé crawl out of the same cave and, <laughs> and remind us that they exist. And then they kind of <laughs> crawl uh, back in. Listen, Michael Bublé gets a bad rap. Oh, he's no, no. You know what? Michael Bublé is incredible. Michael Bublé is okay, probably good. the yeah. only modern day representation of like a Frank Sinatra style showroom Ooh. singer. Yeah. Okay. Right. He's good. got that kind of like you want to you want to hear him in New York. You want to go to Chicago and and mm. hear him. You want to be in a, a you know not a dive joint, but you want to be in like this <laughs> this this like dinner you know dinner happens and then michael buble comes out and it's just like a night in new york type of mm. thing right he's not to me he's not a i don't want to go to i don't want to hear michael buble in a stadium i want to hear him in a room with only 30 other people i want to you know right yeah so i just searched in uh, spotify all i want for christmas is you and you can hear nat king cole singing it michael buble dolly pardon nat king cole and me, if you dig deep enough, but I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. There are so many versions. Kelly Clarkson. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Michael Bublé. Patrick Droney. I don't even know who that is. No. Justin Taylor Bieber Swift. with Mariah Carey. I didn't know yeah, about that, that is, one. That is, a sec that is a second choice alternative to the original Mariah Carey. With Justin Bieber? Yes. Okay. Oh, Alvin and Chipmunks did it too. See, there we go. All right, I'm on board. Yeah. Now the real, the real kind of decider. Did Boney M do a cover of it? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Please, Boney. Mm. But I am scrolling okay. and scrolling and scrolling. And there's a lot. <laughs> Chili Gonzalez did it. Uh, do you know who that is? I have no, no. idea. No. Not yet, I don't. Dylan Matthew, <laughs> but 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 look Edward for my Edward Elger. But but keep ooh, ooh. keep keep an eye out for my Spotify 2021 Wrapped because uh, <laughs> Chili, whatever you just said, is going to be on there. <laughs> Actually, and Stefan, I just looked it up here too. Metallica has a cover of it as ooh. well. Oh, I got to go play that one. You know what? Metallica <laughs> does that though. Metallica <laughs> covers a lot of like them and and. Um, uh, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson picks oh. like a lot of weird pop stuff and covers them. All I want for I Christmas totally is Satan. Is Satan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I totally, I totally just said that sarcastically. So I'm surprised there's an ounce of truth to that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, okay, so, uh, so I want to bring up, I want to bring up a dynamic in this film and see, see what Please. this conversation turns into. Um, yep. Uh, so Colin Firth's character um, and his love interest. Mm. Uh, what an interesting! I, there's so many things happening in this scene, or in this in this story. The fact that a love love transcends uh, the spoken word, right? Mm -hmm. That they that they they're falling in love with each other, even though they can't understand a damn thing each other is saying. Mm -hmm. They're they're synced up. They're 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 constantly on the same brainwave. Mm -hmm. um, they're 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 essentially having the same conversation with each other, even though they can't they can't understand what each other's saying. And you pointed out during the film, Stefan, that like, but they also can't like they they just keep butting head. Like they don't they can't understand what each other's saying, which means that although they're talking about the same topics, 
they're saying completely different things. They're coming at it from a completely different angle. He's saying, no, no, don't worry about these papers. They don't matter. And meanwhile, she's likely thinking he won't shut up about like, yes, I'm, I'm trying to save your papers. I'm trying to save your papers. Shut up. Like I'm, you know, I hope they're <laughs> worth it. And he's like, they're not worth it. Leave them alone. Like, stop. What are you doing? So, and as a, as a person who's uh, bilingual, it's, it's a good example of how language is not just translation. To, to prove that you're bilingual, can you say that again in French for us? Oui, si tu veux, je peux continuer en français, mais ça va pas aider les autres beaucoup. <laughs> All right. Stéphane, when we're done, can you <laughs> set up my voicemail and just have a minute? Like, can you record my voicemail message if, if you've got time? Sure, yeah, yeah. That would actually be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even, like, yeah. Uh, you that totally was do pretty that. cool. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, I, I you know, the... There's a lot of misunderstandings and people who are unilingual think that translation is mathematics. Right. Mm. But language is as much culture as it is uh, what you're saying. Right? Sure. Mm. Words have meaning beyond what the actual definition is. Right. Um, the example right. I always give is, you know, in English, uh, if I call you a wise man or a wise guy, It's not the same. No. But if you mm. look up the definition of those words, it will seem like they're synonyms. Guy and man, yeah. Mm. Sure. And I love how he's proposing to her at the end, and it's all, they've done a good job of making <laughs> it all stilted and weird yeah. in yeah. the subtitles, and it's just hilarious. That's so good. And, like, I, I, just such a great, uh, a great moment that, um, you know, l only, only love could get you to go take language classes only only love could get you to to at the last minute decide i need to learn this other language and i need to learn it quick mm -hmm. um and yeah it's just it's such a heartwarming such a heartwarming thing to see pete i have a question for you please who in this film do mm. you and then i'll answer this and like i want i want an answer from everyone who there's so many there's so many different characters and everyone is seemingly coming from a different walk of life they have different motivations they have different um you know demons that maybe they're dealing with who who in this film do you resonate with like who when you're watching this film which character do you just go yep that's that's me or that has been me or or you know i i can totally sympathize with this person and and what they're you know where they're coming from Oh, that's a tough, that's a really tough question. I'm, I'm going to give an answer and obviously I might change it as, as, as we go on, but I'm going to give two answers. The first is I really resonate with Kiara Knightley. Specifically, I remember we had the same issue with our wedding photos. They didn't turn out and we messaged a friend <laughs> saying, Hey, can we use your footage? And we watched it and it was just all of me. And I was like, Oh, like, Okay. <laughs> did you have? Did you take any? Did you take any other pictures? Are there any pictures of my bride? No. Yeah. Okay. It, it was. I'm making it sound like it was weird. It wasn't. It was fine. Wait. Are you? Um, wait. No, no. Whoa. Hang on. I was thinking that was entirely farcical. Is it not? No. It's. It's a joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I wish um, it wasn't. I wish that literally, <laughs> literally that happened. Like your wedding footage got all messed up. And so you went to, you know, an artsy friend of yours who had also mm. captured the day. And it was just, <laughs> it was all, all he had captured was footage of you. 
and mm-hmm. then he showed up on Christmas Eve with with at least fifteen. Let's not let's not kid <laughs> ourselves. At least fifteen dollars <laughs> worth of Bristol board. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my my serious answer, and this might change, but off the top of my head, I'd say you, Grant, and. I think it's, there's a few just things that as a human being, I definitely can relate with him. So definitely like when I, the first time I watched this, like him just kind of letting loose, being kind of a goofball dancing when he thinks he's by himself. Like that's, that's me at times. And I'm sure all humans are like that. Like who doesn't like singing in the shower? And, you know, I have, if I had a nickel every time I've just thought I was kind of alone and then I turn around and like someone can hear me singing or someone can see me dancing. And I like, you know, put my arm behind my head, pretending I was like, scratching my head or reaching for something on a shelf you know there's there's kind of the the silly things that I really could relate to but also just relationally I I could relate with him a little bit just because he would say some things and he'd just kind of put his foot in his mouth a little bit or say something kind of awkward around his romantic interest and I'm like yeah that that's me in a nutshell like I am not smooth uh, you know when I was interested in my wife I would you know say things that I look back and say wow that was awkward to the 10th degree I'm surprised you didn't just run away you know there were different things that just little minor things some major things with his character that I just resonated with me a little bit so I, off the top of my head that's who I'd say so it's it's not that you feel like you're looking more and more like your aunt because <laughs> that's his complaint in the film that that is not what came to mind. That Billy Bob Thornton, the president of the United States, who by the way is only ever cast as a total asshole or sleazeball, <laughs> basically, uh, and was was I was so uncomfortable when I found out Billy Bob oh. Thornton was the president. Like what a yep. I was thinking, what a nightmare. I can't imagine anything worse. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then I took a step back. <laughs> Thought about some things. What's that and, saying? And he's Truth a solid stranger than fiction. Yeah, and yes, and and, and, yes. and where I arrived is Billy Bob Thornton is a solid second for worst possible <laughs> leader of a country. Um, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Stefan? Who do you who do you resonate with? Well, uh, very personally, I, I resonated with uh, Liam Nielsen because. Uh, my first wife passed away very suddenly when I was 28 years old. Oh, wow. And so I know, I know what that feels like. And uh, so it's hard not to connect. And then, you know, and then I met, well, I didn't meet, actually. I knew Linda from before. But then I, you know, I fell in love again and got married and had children. And it all worked out well. And it, so it's a, hmm. it's a romantic. I don't think there's any comedy. No. <laughs> but it, it is a romantic story that I relate to. Sure. Um very cool. But the character that I actually, I really respect is uh, Kira Knightley, the, the guy, Mark, I don't know, the the, uh, the guy that has a, has the hots for, for Kira, Kira Knightley. Knightley. I, mm. I really respect the fact that he, he didn't act on it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he respected, he controlled, like, this is the thing I have about people in life. Like, you know, sure, you can find somebody interesting, but you've got a commitment. You don't have to act on every impulse you have in the world. And sometimes people piss me off. Frankly, I, Alan Rickman's character, you know, I, it, it pisses me off that he is that weak. Sure. That, hmm. you know, he's got a good relationship. They show a good relationship, a good family. He's, he doesn't mm-hmm. hate his wife. They seem to get along well. Yeah. Okay. It's. I'm sure it's flattering that somebody you know thinks you're hot. 
but you don't have to act on it. Yeah. And that kind of, so I really appreciate the Mark character who is, who despite being so smitten with Kieran Knightley, uh, just says, you know, but I'm going to move on because you're with my best friend and I'm going to respect that. I'm not going to wreck their life. Yeah. And in other movies, somehow that would have happened because, you know, you have a, uh, what is it? People say you have the, the one person in the world you're supposed to be with, which sure, is the soulmate. Soulmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Which is crap. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Yeah, you know, there's, there's lots of people you can fall in love with and there's lots of people you get along with and there's nobody who's perfect. Like what kind of ridiculous, like statistically, statistically, if you are like from a probability standpoint, if there is a soulmate for you, you're effed because there's your odds of actually finding that one other person in the entire world who you're supposed to be yeah. with is impossible. What if your soulmate is in China? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, Doesn't speak your language, different culture. Sure. Damn. So two, two things I want to say to that is same time next week, boys, we're going to watch Sleepless in Seattle and see <laughs> if we change opinions on that. But, but more seriously, Stefan, that's such a cool point about Mark that I've seen this movie 3,000 times, but I've never had that, you know, I've just kind of skimmed over that. But when you actually break that part down, I think my appreciation for Mark has gone up about three or four times. That's a really good point. Cool. Uh, so interestingly enough, um, yes, yeah, so ta- I, before I answer, building off what you said, a couple years ago I was having, um, let's call it a relationship struggle um and uh and i i sat down i had a a one-to-one with a a man who had been a mentor for me for many many years and then you know eventually as i grew up and and became an adult myself we became very good friends um and and it's interesting the people you look up to the people you think about as as the adults in your life when you're young those, those role models those mentors you look at them and their life and and you almost like you almost turn them into a, this fictional entity. You almost don't look at them as real people who have real thoughts and real struggles and, and think the same bad thoughts that you think and struggle with the same addictions that you struggle with and so on and so forth. And so I, I, I just remember sitting in this, um, I remember sitting in this, this, this one-to-one chat over a, a beer with this guy um, who's quite, quite a few years. He's at least twice my age. Um, and, um, and he said, he said, yeah, uh, he's been married for probably 30 years at this point. Um, and he said, you know, there was a, there was a time in my marriage where someone came along who everything just clicked and, and I really liked them and, and I had a choice to make, um, you know, and, and, and I could have made some decisions that would have would have ended my marriage and things would have turned out very differently. And it was just, and it stuck with me so much that like, you know, in my mind for years, I think it was, well, when, I mean, you fall in love, you get married, you're in love and you're married. And, and, and if you're having thoughts about other people, if, if you develop feelings for someone else, then, then you're some kind of horrible asshole. Um, and, and that was a moment where, you know, I kind of, I, I became a little bit wiser and my eyes opened up and it's like, no, 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 you know, feeling a spark, being in a relationship, being in a married relationship and feeling a spark between you and someone else doesn't make you a bad person. It's, it's 
how you conduct yourself about that. It's it's the choices you make, the decisions you make. Um, and Alan Rickman's character is making all the wrong <laughs> decisions in this yeah. film, left, right, and center. But you can you and you can meet people that are interesting. You can really like them. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's the end of your other relationship. Like no. You, once you made a commitment, a relationship is work. Sure. It's first it's a commitment to each other, and then you decide to build your life together. Yeah. You become partners in life, and. You know, unless you have a very controlling relationship, doesn't mean you can't have friends. Right. No, absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, that someone won't come along. That you think to yourself, I see the same things in this person that I see in my partner. And, and you know, it, but it's, it's, it's all about how you act upon that. And it's about, yeah. you know, the commitment, whatever else. Um, I, it's, it, it's basically you can have a relationship with someone and not sleep with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically that, uh, that, you know, that, uh, in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways you can have a, f you can have a friendship with someone that mm -hmm. is like a relationship, uh, but just doesn't have some of the more intimate aspects that, you know, that your, your, your marriage or, or yeah, whatever and, else and has. Sex is a big part, but when you're in a relationship, that person comes first too. Sure. And that's, right. that's the thing. Yeah. It's not just in the sex part. It's in the, okay, I have sure. a really good friend, but if push comes to shove, right. my spouse is my first priority. Yeah. Because my, we've got that deal to yeah. each other, right? Sure. My time, my intimacy are all priority to this person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So f for me, the person I resonate with is also the guy who's, it's the guy who has the hots for Kira Knightley, not only because I have the hots for Kira Knightley, but because... <laughs> uh, but because I don't know, like whether it's in high school or whatever, I don't know. I I feel like maybe I'm generalizing and I shouldn't be, but I feel like we've all had that moment where we had a crush. We really liked someone. Um, you know, if we were a teenager, maybe we thought it was love. Maybe it was love. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Um, but, you know, they were with someone or, you know, you just and, and you you did the good friend thing. You didn't, you didn't say anything. You suffered silently. Um, mm. and literally at times suffered, like literally sometimes it, it tore you apart. Um, but you kind of did what you had to do until it reached the point where, uh, where for one reason or another it got out and, and that just kind of complicates everything and, and, you know, makes this mess. Cause you can't just like, you can't just shrug it off and say, Oh, no, just kidding. I don't like you. You do have to acknowledge <laughs> like, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do have feelings for you. Um, but that doesn't, but I'm, but I respect your relationship. I respect the relationship you're in. I respect you, which is interesting. So like, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, like she, Kira Knightley kisses him. Now, is that, is that a, I, d I did a school assignment a couple of years ago where we were talking like culturally, we were talking about different cultures and, and my, the topic that I had was kissing and how is kissing different in different cultures. Now, it, I want to jump in though. Sure. It was a short kiss. It was a very short kiss. Yeah. It was not an yeah. embrace. It was not. I don't a even know if it was heads tilted. I, yeah, I don't even know if it was an open mouth kiss. It no, was it, just it was no. a peck. And I, you know, it, it, like you were about to say, culturally that varies a lot. Yeah, uh, European wise, kissing right there is, in Europe is not a big deal. Okay, 
Yeah. Oh, as, true. Well, as we see with Colin Firth and and her entire family, it would seem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, totally. And you know, I in yeah, I I think that's what I'm leaning towards too. Is that like I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of like like I know I know men. Uh, there are men in my life who have teenage daughters uh and sons who who you know instead of kissing them on the cheek they just they never grew out of a peck on the lips and that's just that's just culturally like within their family that's just their family's culture is that they you know sure. a peck on the lips is is a way of uh, not in 2020 maybe but uh, a peck on the lips can be a way. I made a Facebook post like a couple of months ago. I was like, you know, when this 2020 bullshit's over, I really want to embrace this. Like it, when 2020 is over or what, not 2020, when COVID's over, anyone who wants any friend who wants to greet me with a peck on the lips, go for it. Like, cause I think that's a fun cultural thing that we're I'd like to just, everybody. we're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna, we're going to be so sick of not being able to lock lips with strangers that we're going to, you know, we're going <laughs> to grab that by the horns and, but no, yeah, totally. So well, if, if I go to France and I meet people that I know there in business, yeah, if it's a woman and I've met her once, it'll be kissing, but it'd be on the cheek, on the cheek. But right. it is absolutely expected. Like, it would be rude not to. And sure. I'm, I'm talking about, I've met hmm. them once, so that's the way we greet each other. Sure. Now, and sometimes guys, but not as much. So I wonder, like, I mean, you've got, you've, pro you've probably got more European experience than either Pete and I do. I've got zero. I For think sure. Pete's been to Europe, um, but you have certainly been to Europe far more often than either of us have. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Is there, is there, like, in these areas, like south of France and, and, and London, um, what, like culturally, what would a peck on the lips like that be? Like obviously kissing on the cheeks is, is a greeting. Um, but what like a peck on the lips, is that, can that, is that just a friendly gesture? Well, I think in this case, in the context, it's more than just a friendly gesture. Sure. It's a loving kiss. It's not a passionate kiss. Right. It's a, it's, it's not a, I'm leaving and, my husband and, for you. And they're kiss. British. <laughs> right. There's right. a big difference between British and French. Yes. Yes. And the, and the British won't let you forget it. Yes. <laughs> so, but, you know, I have a friend and he's Israeli and we kiss on the lips because that's his culture. Right. Okay. Doesn't bother me. Interesting. Right. And because he made a, a joke of it once, I said, doesn't bother me. Let's, you know. Yeah. And oh, so I started cool. greeting him that way. And that's what we do. That's see that that is really cool. I like that. And that's I don't know. I've been trying to like, I don't know. I've been trying to open my mind more and really like I like to analyze. OK, so we have these things in society and this is what they mean. But this is what they mean. Like, it do they mean this because society because that's what they mean from a society aspect. And if if so, if that's what they mean from a society aspect, if that's just what our culture has become and what society has told us, then can I challenge that? And and do I have to do I have to concede to that? Do I have to go, oh well, societally this is what it is. So well you do you do have to respect what other people you know, there are rules. Oh sure. And mm. so, you know, if I do this to you Right. Does that mean anything to you? I'm making a V with my fingers. No. No, maybe it's like this a This way means peace. That's peace. This means uh, the same thing as the one middle finger if you're in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. 
Okay. So I, and I've, I, because nobody can see it, I'm, P, everybody knows the peace sign. Yeah. Now flip it around. Flip it around. I'm seeing the back, and back of your fingers. You do this. Oh. And uh, it, it is as rude as a single middle finger in the UK, only because they've all agreed to, they've been told that's what it means. Right. But right. you're not offended because it doesn't mean anything to you. Right. But I love challenging hmm. that. I'm like, you know, okay, so this, this is offensive. Why? Why? Because we've said it's offensive. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. So maybe we should stop getting so offended so easily. I agree. Same with currency. Currency currency yeah. means something because we say it means something. So let's let's talk about something that's close to my heart. Speaking of being offended, the nudity <laughs> here, in this here we film. Go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is the first Christmas so, movie I've ever seen that has nipples in it. Yeah. So Pete, what well, did you think of the nudity you, in the movie? Well, obviously, Brady, you haven't seen the director's cut of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. No. Uh, no. No, I'm not right. into that. <laughs> so uh what did i think of the movie so I, I have to admit the first time i i i watched the film i i had the jaw dropping moment of like well i mean i guess it's a a porno that's they're on the set of so i found that a little shocking of in and of itself and then just straight up the woman takes her shirt off and i was like what what is going on here like this is a christmas romantic comedy so I do have to admit, the first time I definitely raised some eyebrows. Um, it's in no way non-sexual nudity. Like it's 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 very overtly sexual content. Well, is it sexual? Well, it's not. I I mean they're I'd, groping yeah. each other and and she's she's thrusting. But, he's thrusting into her and. But but it's not sincere. Like it's yeah. an act. Oh sure, yeah. Like they're acting. Uh, and and for the record, like I don't know if this is intentionally this way. This has got to be the worst unmarketable porn that like <laughs> I like I, I can't see that they've got a career ahead of them. No, but they, they're quite intentionally being very bored by the whole thing. Very uninterested. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is reminiscent of sex. They are acting sex, but clearly it's not sex. It's clearly not. It doesn't have that right. any emotion. Yeah. The uh, I, I I like the fact. One of my pet peeves right now is uh, everything is being uh, toned down for Netflix. Right. Everybody's hmm. making international movies, and Europeans would never have people have sex with all their clothes on. And hmm. all these shows I'm watching from Denmark, I was just watching one from uh, Norway, uh, France. Like, women are ha- making love with their bras on the whole time. Right. Like, hmm. does that never happens. And in this movie, they take their clothes off. There's the one scene where she starts and just takes the top off. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. same thing, It's there's no shame in the nudity. The nudity is very... It's not particularly sexual. It's just there. Right. But they're not afraid of it either. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of nudity in it. Not a lot, no. No, I mean, just about every scene that... Like, Martin Freeman's got the weirdest role in this movie by far. <laughs> right? Like, yes. I don't, was that a script that he read and was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it? Or was it like it just, you know, his manager said, and, I've got something it, for you. He's fully nude in it. He is. Yeah. And I was, you know what I was thinking? It was interesting. I was thinking about this after, cause there is, there's a scene where you see him from behind. Um, and I guess you see his, you see his bare butt in it. I think so. I think so. You and don't see, see his genitals. No, you don't. But cause she's like, she's, I don't know. Do you, I don't know. Cause you see, no, maybe you don't see, maybe you don't see, you see him from the front, but her head 
is blocking his genitals because she's she's pretending she's sim simulating oral sex right um right yeah but yeah i remember thinking about that afterwards and being like geez yeah like he's fully nude as well and i guess she so is she in the ones there's a scene where she's on top of him yeah mm -hmm. um yeah. and she's fully nude as and they're well. mostly nude. They must have something in between because that's what they typically do in those. Typically, scenes. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Unless it's what it was is. that Caligula or whatever that film is. Well, that that's was porn. A, that's a film. That's porn. Yeah. It it was interesting that I'd say all of the nudity in this film was not sexual. In that, it, it, well, even when Laura Linney rips off her top. Because she's, she starts to having sex, but it just gets wrecked by her brother calling twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like neither times was an actual full-out intimate interaction. Sure. And neither time. Yeah, I guess I'm not. I'm not really sure what my point is. I think I, uh, I concur. Well, I don't know what yeah, your point actually, is either. You know, there but is I, there I is no sexuality. There's no sex actually happening. Really. There's no sex that actually mm -hmm. happens. No, it's, it's even even when it's supposed to look like, like sex. In Milwaukee, it's clearly... there's a suggestion it's going to happen. Sure, you we see silhouettes. That guy's that guy's gonna need to carb load in the morning. But like <laughs> he's but yeah, you don't you don't see anything. You don't actually mm. see you know. It's just implied it's, that eh, maybe it's going yeah. to happen. Actually, that's true. I forgot about the Milwaukee scene. Or, so that that's a bit of an outlier. But the other two, wow. like in the one with um, Bilbo Baggins, like he's he's not actually in an he's not in an act. No, he's merely acting. They're simulating. And in the other, it. in the other, the focal point is not the nudity or even their intimacy. It's that this other emotional thing is going on at the same time that kind of overrides. And you know what? I think we're making me. assumptions. It's very possible that the the that Alicia Cuthbert and her friends, who I only know, like growing up, I knew Alicia Cuthbert from Popular Mechanics for Kids. She was a sure, teenage Canadian. host, a Canadian girl, yeah. represent. Yeah. And then the very next thing I saw her in was The Girl Next Door, and that was a very confusing transition for me. But <laughs> doesn't matter. And 24? Did you not see and, her in 24? 24, right. She plays Jack Bauer's daughter. Yeah. But I think I saw, I think, oh, man, I want to rewatch 24. So good. <laughs> um, Jack Bauer's got the worst life possible. He should probably just off himself because <laughs> it's not... It's not getting any better. Um, what? Have you not seen 24? I'm aware of it, but I've not seen it. So he's a quick digression. He's a Bad federal. Luck. He's a worse luck. He's a federal agent for a for sure. a, 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 an organization called CTU, the Counterterrorism Unit. Um, cool. And his his daughter gets his daughter and wife end up his first his daughter, but then also his wife end up getting kidnapped. Um, this is the first season. They end up getting kidnapped, and he's got to like get them back. And there's a side plot with the first black presidential candidate, um, uh, David Palmer. Uh, wow, it's been a long time. Played by Dennis Haynes. Good Lord, hmm. look at me. You're way better uh, than me on names. Yeah, he... Um, <laughs> Uh, there's like an assassination attempt on him or like a threat. And then everyone thinks it's Jack. Anyways, Kiefer Sutherland. But each, so each season has 24 episodes in it. It takes oh, place cool. over the course of a 24 hour day. Oh, um, it, so, you know, so like the first episode yeah. will be Kiefer Sutherland narrating at the very beginning. And it'll say the following takes place between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. on the day of the presidential right. primaries. Events one hour occur, show is one hour yeah, of the show. Events occur in real time. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if, if Jack's oh. if Jack's got to get in a car and like drive across the city and it's a 20 minute or 30 minute drive, it will take 20 or 30 minutes of the show. 
um, every time we check back in what? with him for the next 20 or 30 minutes of showtime, he's in the car getting angry, shooting people and yelling, <laughs> damn it, Chloe. At this yeah. girl that works back at the... So anyways, it's an amazing show, but he... Screenplay ad- alone, that sounds fascinating. But life just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. He, he pulls a lot of all-nighters, and none of them are good. Um, well, and that's the thing. I was good with the first season. I was okay with the second, but I thought it was like, oh, come on. It gets weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then okay. and they start bringing back characters. Like, Tony Almeida is, is a guy. Tony Almeida comes back, and now he's the villain, and he like it's just this ongoing... It's just like there's a show. show that I watched that's set in the Shet, uh, is it Shetland Islands? I don't know these these little island north of Scotland, and he, it's the police guy, and it's got to be the highest le- number of murders per capita in the universe, because <laughs> there's like twenty people who live there. Sure, but season after season, there's more and more murders, and you're going like, what the hell? Who's left? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Second, second only to the town where uh, the lady from Murder She Wrote lives. I don't know that one. Is that that's a show, right? You don't know Murder She Wrote? That's what I said. Yeah, I don't Dang. know. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, at least it's, it's. I feel like it's the show that every grandma watches with their kids. So, like I was saying, it's entirely possible that Aletha Cuthbert and her scantily clad, if not entirely nude, sweaty friends genuinely just wanted to cuddle. Yes. We don't know. They just slept together. We, we, we're, we are... The non-biblical is, way. This is presumptuous coitus, and we do not they know... Did, they did seem sincere in everything they said, so it's quite... It is a leap that yeah. we're assuming anything. We, we don't have a lot of money. We can't afford quinoa. We eat rice. And and it's... You know, we, we don't have a furnace, so we're going to snuggle. We have one... I Don't ask how... And we, and the th- we can't afford pajamas. Yeah, don't ask how the three of us <laughs> sleep in a twin-size bed. That doesn't matter. We Like, you know, we make it work. We It's like a sandwich situation, and we just rotate each night. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so we don't know. We don't know that he had sex. He could have just cuddled. We don't. Yeah. You know, he took the... the would that be the high road? Well, That's an ethical like, debate. It's possible that Alan Rickman had sex with his secretary, but we don't know it's that. It's entirely possible. Mm. It's entirely possible. Uh, what else? What else is it like? The, uh, okay, so honestly, it's it's an amazing film. I'm I was skeptical going into it. I was like, ah, I don't know if I have room for a new Christmas movie in my life. <laughs> like, you know, there's so many. I as it is, I can't I can't get in the month of December. I can't get through all the Christmas films that I want to watch. Um, sure. And so I didn't know if I really wanted to add another one to it. But ultimately, I'm really glad that I did. Um, I didn't really have a a lot of say in it. It wasn't like, oh, I'd love to watch this. It was, hey, we should watch this. It makes sense. It's a way to rope Stefan back into the show. <laughs> Are you going to watch it with Brienne? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the plan is to to watch it. And and uh, we were going, like, there was a thought. We toyed with the idea, ah, should we watch it? Like, we'll watch it this past week, and then I'll come here. And it was like, no, no, no. This should be, I should come out of the movie fresh for the first time, ready to talk. I love actually version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I have glad I got to share that with you. Yeah, it was uh, it was a shareable moment. It was good. Uh, a, r- a romantic movie together. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, does anyone else have anything they need to say about this film? I, I feel I touched on this at, at the beginning, but I, it is, it is interesting just how. It's not every, there's a lot of actually kind of, the more you break down each individual relationship, like each one has a flaw 
and not all of them are happy endings. No. So it's interesting that still as a net result at the end of the film, at least I and and I think a lot of people do feel happy or do feel content at the end of this film. But there are it's it's not uh, it's not a clean slater. It's not a, a a happy happy ending on each individual micro level. And right. it's interesting that just the still the mosaic that's that's portrayed still just has the net result that it's still a positive human experience overall. What was the deal with the hospital thing? That's the only relationship that, like, at the end of the film, I was like, I don't, we only saw it, like, twice. Like, he almost. The hospital thing. Yeah, he, like, he tries to, the guy in the wheelchair, and he, like, tries to, like, punch the girl and the the people restrain. It's in, like, a waiting room in the hospital. I'm not. Who's, the guy, they're, like, they hug. We only see them like twice in this film. I think it's like a hospital, or he's in, in like a psychiatric what? ward or something. Oh, the, the oh, are you the talking brother. about the girl's brother, Laura Linney's brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's. So that, I guess it. it that's I'm, just another relationship that's part of this web, where again a, a platonic relationship that um, you know, she chooses to let that stop her from having a romantic relationship, for better or worse. Okay family is yeah. more important to her than so that was a setup for that okay which which i like i mean i'm not going to fault any human being for doing what they think is right but i do feel like the two don't have to be mutually exclusive like i think if there's a partner who's willing to carry on this journey with her i don't think she had to choose just one over the other no but um, it's it's a you know they hint at a very complicated thing you know the parents are gone they're from yeah. the u.s they are now stuck in kind of the uk and she can't go anywhere because of him because she's the last one responsible. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's but I mean there's there's caregiver fatigue as well. I mean, at some point you who have to set personal limits so that you don't uh you don't just burn out. Yeah, like eventually just yeah, set yeah. them up with a Netflix account and say, "Hey, <laughs> I'll be back in a month." <laughs> oh, enjoy yourself. I'm glad you're not my son. <laughs> steer, 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 steer clear of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, cool. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else, Stefan, that, you know, that when you think of this movie, you're like, damn, if I were to ever record a podcast about this movie. I mean, we could <laughs> keep analyzing there. There's, it's it's a pretty complex movie, right? It's a very complex movie. There's so mm-hmm. much happening. Like you and I were talking about during the movie, why is uh, Rickman's secretary trying, coming on to him? Yeah. Like what's, right. why why would she want to? Is like, is it power? Is it yeah, my, just a challenge of it all? I thought it was maybe just like, yeah, she's young. Like she's she clearly. She could obviously get a date anytime. She's clearly half the age. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what was he giving any signals? Like, what was his side of the story that she felt comfortable presenting this? That the initial time she felt, you know, was there ever openness on his end, or was it just kind of one sided till he kind of gave in? It's right. Like from what we saw, and this, I'm in no way suggesting that this excuses any of. Uh, Rickman's acts, but she definitely appeared to be the one attempting to seduce him. Yeah, it, it feels sure. it totally felt that way from the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it's possible. Like, yeah, she's definitely young, um, but she's also maybe old enough that you know, if she, you know, it's like a lot of this film is. I came out of this film feeling like Christmas. Christmas has a tendency to make us want to be with someone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Christmas and if you can't say it at Christmas, then when can you say it? Uh mm. and 
and yeah, just, and so, you know, maybe it's part of that. Maybe it's, 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 I wonder if it's this desire, this sort of loneliness because she's young, but she's also maybe old enough that she's, you know, kind of wishing that a couple of years ago she had found someone and settled down and gotten married and it still hasn't happened for her. She's always a bridesmaid. Um, and, and, you know, maybe Christmas is surfacing sort of a, 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 what is otherwise a year round struggle, um, and just making her to act rashly, hmm. um, you know, so her solution is to go after a married guy. Yeah. Well, who's like Alan twice Rickman. her age, probably. That's Alan Rickman. <laughs> There's some red flags, but yeah, she's seen Harry Potter. She knows what he can do with a wand. <laughs> <laughs> One one kind of thing that's kind of I've always briefly looked over and never paid much attention to, but there would be so many ripple effects and very tangled web of ongoing relationship dynamics where we see briefly Colin Firth, and is it Jamie or Jim, when he's coming home for Christmas to his extended family and they're all saying, Uncle Jim, Uncle Jamie, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, we when you hate you, Uncle down, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you break that scene down, like, I'm not sure if I would have the emotional capacity that soon to return for an extended family gathering where potentially my brother or relative who had cheated on with my wife was also there. Like, there, I feel that is something that I've never really noticed before, but there would just be so many lingering Mm -hmm. emotional... um, ripple effects going on in that dynamic what was what would, well yeah. he is british right stiff upper lip and all <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what is the name of the girl that that hugh grant ends up with or oh. what is his love interest's name natalie natalie natalie, natalie. natalie yeah am i it could just like can we all agree and this isn't even like uh this is the proper thing to say you don't comment on a girl's weight like, you know, let's let's just say the right thing. She's in no way, like, she's in no way chubby. She in, is in no way has big thighs or or mm-hmm. is overweight even mm-hmm. in the slightest sense. Right. No. Okay. That's just an, a, it's, that's just but, ironic. No, she's, well, she's not a skinny little Kira Knightley. No. Uh, but she is, there, she's not overweight. But I think actually that's a comment on the way a lot of women feel. Sure. And how they, they, they see themselves. And sometimes mm. how women, if you're at all not really skinny and they sense that you're sensitive, then people will pick on that because right. that's a way to weaken you. So it's it's something that's very much out there, right? Right, and mm. which is made like it's mean and and an extension of like body dysmorphia, where like oh yeah, even though yes. you're in no yeah. way overweight, you think you are, and other people don't see that you're overweight, but they do see that you see. They do see that that's what you think about yourself, right. and so then they kind of embrace that as well, which just leads. It's just uh, that's a toxic cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, Pete, scale of zero to ten. I can't. I. I. Oh yeah, the rating scale. I, I fail to think you give this a zero. <laughs> but what do you what do you give this film on a on a scale of zero to ten? Sure. So I gave it on my scale, I gave it an 8.3. So on my scale, it's divided into how much money or how much effort am I willing to spend to see a film. So this falls into the highest category. I would see it in theaters. 
I would get a babysitter. I would buy the popcorn, buy a soft drink to go out with my wife. I would watch it in theaters. And when the credits rolled, I would have no regret spending that time and effort seeing it. On Marshall's scale, it actually fared a bit higher. It got, I think, a 9 out of 10. So Marshall so, Marshall being a friend of the show who has devised his own ranking scale and we some and somehow feel little, obliged to it, it's well it, it's i like using it because it's a little bit more of a concrete like what is it out of 10 where mine can be a little funky i'll, I'll say yeah like it's still a eight out of ten because i'd like to see it in theaters but i hated the movie you know like sometimes there's some flaws with my rating skill so that's why i kind of double it up have two to kind of contrast or balance or right give more merit and and i would agree that like, maybe marshall scale could be redubbed a uh, normal human being scale that it's <laughs> that it's just like no but it's just like it's a, a, a zero of one to ten like how good For is sure. this movie how much do i enjoy yeah. it because like exactly. it, you know i i i'm gonna wait till the end to tell you what i think of it but like mm -hmm. um you know if if it was i i personally don't feel like i would it's not a film i need to see in a theater and For so sure. if my sure. scale was based off of how much effort am I going to put in to see? Well, I'm not going to put the effort to go see this in the theater because I sure. don't think I I don't think the film would gain anything from me seeing it on a bigger screen or mm -hmm. with a, a Dolby Atmos sound system or, right. or you know or overpriced popcorn and a sticky floor. Like it's just not. But oh, I I completely you know. Completely so in that sense, it would in that sense it would score really low. But Stefan, scale is zero to ten. Love actually. I, w I would have to give it a 10. But wow. Wow. Within, within its category. Okay. Sure. Like, could I imagine, it, like, is there, as a romantic comedy Christmas movie, could it do anything better? And the answer to, in my mind, is no. Sure. Like, it is Neat. Yeah. incredibly well executed on all levels. Um, I, I'm sure there could be a good one, uh, equally as good or better one. But right now, just thinking, because as you start rating, I think I'm going to have to give it a number. So let me think about it. <laughs> and not not like best movies of all time. That's sure. not that's not no, right, no. and that's not fair, because sure. you you can't you can't compare some movies to each other. Right. Yeah. Like you know, if you put this in the ring with a film, say like Lost in Translation, then obviously this film's not going to do as well as Lost in Translation, because Lost in Translation, according to Pete, is the greatest film ever made. <laughs> Even though it's I, I honestly hot thought trash. you were, I thought you had come around when no. you were saying like no. Lost in Translation, greater than love no. actually. It's, what am I listening it to? It is like you know the smell listen, you know the smell when Oh here no, 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 no. It's a hot summer oh. day, you step out of your hotel room onto the New oh. York City street, and there's just like this like wet garbage oh, smell no, that kind of hits no. you in the face that you quickly get over because it's New York and you're excited to be there and the naked cowboy is like, you know, he's he should be showing up in Times Square any minute now. Oh, um, no. Uh, which I have a picture with, by the way. That's you, If you've gone to New York and you haven't done a selfie with a naked cowboy, what do you, you self-evaluate? Um, but uh, that that hot trash smell, that is lost in translation. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, have can you weigh in? Have you seen the film? He has not. I don't think I have. No. That's oh, that's okay. why I, do you know how I know that that he hasn't seen it? Do because, I want to do I want to know? Because uh we are socially distanced so whoa. Socially distancingly 
recording in person. That that's mm. you get the point. Uh, yep. and, which means I can see him right now, uh, and he's smiling. And the fact that he's smiling, the, the, oh. fa the fact that he can reach down oh. within him and muster a smile means that oh. he hasn't oh. watched. Lost I have to go watch that movie tonight. As, uh, My soul rough. just is mourning. It is. Uh, but so, so I want to point out though, in terms of yeah, rating yeah. it before before you jump in. That you guys, neither of you have really criticized any aspect of this movie. True. Like uh, we've talked about it, so lots of interesting, we've analyzed characters, scenes. Mm. Neither of you have said anything negative. I kind of wish Bill Nighy had made out with his manager. <laughs> that was that's, that's maybe my only demerit. Is that I do wish Rowan Atchison had more of a role, but arguably he did leave us wanting more, so yeah. maybe he had the perfect touch. Yeah, it's I, hard to say. I think you know what I don't think. Would you have bought it if he had a if he had a relationship? Like he's he's really the only character in this movie that doesn't have a relationship that he's mm. you know or, yeah, or like the not true. the notable actor in this film that doesn't isn't a right. part of a relationship. And he even has a slightly mystical magical role, right? Because he shows yeah. up at the yeah. gate exactly. just to let uh, little mm -hmm. kid whatever his name go it's just Sam it, Sam yeah, he's Santa. That's oh that's yeah. The, uh, you know, so yeah, <laughs> and, I, and by the way, he is in Red Nose, actually. Good. So you got to see. Now I'm gonna again. watch it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I oh, mean, and, and um, Liam Nielsen ends up with Claudia Schiffer as well. Really? Yeah. Red Ooh. Nose, actually. Interesting. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, with the exception of a cinnamon stick, he doesn't. You know, he's not romantically entangled with anyone or anything. <laughs> um, no sex scene. No sex scene that we saw. And um, although interestingly, we watched this on Prime Video. Uh, and there were two versions. There was a 16 plus version and an 18 plus version. So maybe one has no nudity. Yeah, we watched the 18 hmm. plus version. I'd be very curious to see, you know, in that one, in that one, Liam Neeson watches his mouth around his son. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't swear in front of him. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna give the film. I haven't had a lot of time to sit and stew on it, right? I, I, hmm. I, I mean, I just watched the thing. I was gonna give it. An 8.5 out of 10. Uh, but then, I mean, then Stefan saying, if you can't think of any actual demerits for it, then, you know. Oh, wow. <sighs> okay, so in its category, because again, like if you're saying, wow, would you rather watch Love Actually or sit up for the next six and a half hours and watch the Back to the Future trilogy, I'm going to watch Back to the Future. Sure. Every time. Um, but in its category, and even putting it up against Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve, which I feel like, you know, this is sort of like a spiritual trilogy of interrelated, overcasted, wonderful bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. Um, again, That's, only because I well, think the fact, I think if it were made today, uh, I think if it were made today, Bill Nye, he would have made out with his manager. I think if it were made today, hmm. and I don't know if that's the right thing. Like, I don't, you know, I, I'm a big believer in do what serves the story. Don't do sure. something just because, you know, if like, if, if you think the right thing to do is to give us, um, uh, an all female led ghostbusters, then fantastic. Let's do it. But if you're doing it because it's, you're making a statement, uh, it would it give would me, be give, nice to have a, a same sex couple, but I wouldn't want to see that being the same sex couple, because I think that's a nice story of love is also friendship, right? 
And I, yeah. I think you'd lose yeah. that. I don't want to lose that. How interesting, you know what would have been really interesting is a same-sex relationship where the uh, involving a prime, the prime minister because there's an extra level of... Maybe the prime minister and the president. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What, a, like, what would happen to the world? Uh, I don't even know. Like, would people, is that, is that legal? Can the, can the prime minister of Britain marry or be in a relationship with the president of the United States? I guess, I guess, I guess that's a thing. You can do that. Although it might be written somewhere that you're not allowed to be romantically <laughs> entangled with the leader of another country. Would you have time? Mm. No, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not 9.5 out of 10. I feel pretty, I feel pretty safe in that. It's, uh, it's definitely fantastic. I'm going to watch it again in a couple of days with, uh, with my girlfriend and, uh, I'm not, and that's fine. I'm not like, uh, got to rewatch this movie. I just watched it. I'm looking forward to, cause I think, you know, I think I'll pick up on subtleties uh, during a second viewing that I may not have picked up on the first time. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have a tradition here, Stefan, aside from this, in the last seven ish, maybe two weeks, if there's something notable, what have you watched? Mm-hmm. Oh, what have I watched? We've watched a lot of uh, foreign uh, films. Hmm. Um, and in fact, we just watched one that was actually quite good. It's Dutch. Okay. So you have to watch it with subtitles. Or you nice. can watch it dubbed, if you, but you're wrong. That's presumptuous. You don't, <laughs> you, you, don't know, you don't know my Dutch abilities. Oh, okay. You can listen to it in Dutch. That's okay. cool. All right. I just I, I really hate dub movies, but that's just my thing. Yeah. Um, Don't watch Godzilla. And it's an interesting. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the guy I think his last name is Ripman, and it's a it's a true story of World War Two of a guy who basically uh, is a Dutch guy working for the Nazis, the occupiers, and his job is to find the Jews, but instead of arresting him, sending them to concentration camp he basically br- he he blackmails them into giving him money oh. and then Ooh. sends them to concentration camps <gasps> and it's a true story and it's he, he wow. is so evil that's efficient and that's awful yeah <laughs> it's terrible that's terrible yeah no it's it is t- it is a ter- it's a terrible story but it was really well done really well put together and i really enjoyed it like it wasn't uh, I, I was i was captivated the whole time Huh. Cool. Wow. Right. And do you recommend it? I would recommend it. All right. I oh, would recommend wow. and it's a little dark because you know it's true. Right. Mm. And so it's not really a happy ending because, right. you know. Right. Uh so it, but it's 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 reality. Mm. And in reality, it's not always a happy ending and the good guys sometimes die. Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh Pete. You've been bad for this. You've been a busy guy, mm-hmm. but have you watched anything since I talked to you last? I've got to tell you to buckle up because I have. Oh, good lord! Did you watch? Did the... you finally watch my recommendation for you? No, <laughs> no. That I am unbuckling, but continue. <laughs> I forgot I watched something last week, so I will mention it and what I watched this week. So, all right. What I forgot to mention last week, I watched a 2001 film starring Nicole Kidman called The Others. It's a film that's not always up my alley. It's not quite horror, but it's more in the suspense mystery category, I guess. And I just find it interesting that 
it i'm just going to call it a horror film but it's not a horror film it's very tame horror fans would find it tame what i like about it is it has a bit of a different color palette than most traditional mystery horror films and it still is very interesting the way they tell it with this color palette even though it's not the traditional uh, traditional sense and what also they just do some narrative things some perspective some very story things that clash the traditions of mystery horror film so it's an interesting view i i enjoyed watching it i probably i don't know if i'd watch it again it was the second time i'd watched it and what's so, it called the others the others okay yeah um i watched i might be upstaging you here i watched home alone 2 this week you bastard <laughs> i obviously you I horse's was, was, ass <laughs> it was on my to-do list I would have watched it in any, anyway, but you screenshotted it to me, screenshot yep. it to me. And I was like, it's time. This Burbage. is going on right now. Yep. The third and final thing I watched, it's very timely, actually. I watched a 2020 film. It's on Apple TV. It's directed, and the screenplay is also written by Sofia Coppola. It stars Bill Murray. It doesn't star Scarlett Johansson. It stars Rashida Jones, but it's this a lot of the same creative team as Lost in Translation. It's called On the Rocks. All right, count me out. <laughs> I I actually have to agree. I watched it, and I I wouldn't say I regret it, but it's definitely um, uh, it's just not a it's not a great film. I I gave it a kind of a five out of ten. I don't I I wouldn't defend it. Like I would Lost in Translation, I wouldn't even convince someone that it's good. It it was a film, okay, and that was it. Fair, yeah. Do you that, do, do you ever s stop watching a movie if it's bad? Uh, I did recently. I uh, the remake uh, or the newest iteration of uh, there's a 2020 with Maggie Smith in it of The Secret Garden, and it was just hmm. so. And I love that story. I love the book. I love the, oh, no, not Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is in the one I do like from the 90s. Um, the woman who played um, uh, Mrs. Weasley in, in Harry Potter. Anyways, um, oh. hmm. yeah, I love, I love the story of the Secret Garden. I love all of the iterations. That There's a TV movie. There's a film. I love everything that's ever come out about Secret Garden except for this new one. They, like, omitted characters altogether. Um it was just, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. And you, Pete, you've just tell me about a terrible movies. Did you watch it all the way through? <laughs> I did. I, it, I wouldn't class up. There's, it depends where it lands on the spectrum. If it's truly terrible, I would stop it. If it's so-so, but I'm still curious about some element of it, I will continue through if time permits. So, uh, yes, case dependent. Do you, do you feel a responsibility to see it through to the end? Not necessarily. I watched the, the most recent example I can think of is called The Devil All the Time. And I just really didn't enjoy it. It made me feel kind of depressed. And I literally stopped it about half to the quarters of the way through. That's fair. So I, I, I don't, I'm not a completist if, if I don't feel like I need to watch the film. I would have quit Cats if we hadn't, if we weren't doing it for oh. an episode. <laughs> oh. I would not have finished Cats. Yeah. Speak, speaking of a film that can have great talent and still be a, a shit film, it's Cats. It's and not, yet, 
And yet, you've still gone on record. I forget what episode, but you've said you would rewatch Cats over Lost in Translation. Yeah. Which I take offense to. That's fine. I would hope that you do. I would hope that um, you do. But yeah, that's what I watched this week. I hope you enjoyed, and you probably now understand the screenshots that I sent you of Titanic. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I don't. What? Well, I, I didn't watch Titanic this week. It was just from Love, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, now it makes sense. Any film that's got Titanic in it. See, that that's that also... I'm, I'm, it's 9.6. I'm, I'm bumping it up. Fantastic film. Yeah. What did, what did you watch this week? Uh, so I watched, um, I watched Home Alone, you, you thieving bastard. Um, <laughs> or Home Alone 2, I mean. I watched Home sure. Alone 2, Lost in New York. You know what? Not as good as the first one. Uh, no. but super solid. Like as far as yes. sequels go, it, yep. it's, it, there's a lot of really fun parallels in it. Like there's a lot of things that they flat out pretty much just copy from the first one, but they do it very sure. tactfully. Like they make note of the fact that, Hey, there's, there's, mm. there's symmetry here. We're, we're doing this on purpose. Um, so I watched that. I watched the conjuring, um, which was the next film in the... So I I recently watched all of the Conjuring films in order of release. Now I'm watching them with someone else and I'm watching them in timeline order to see how well, you know, if you watch the, 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 the movies in the order that the story happens, how well do they connect to each other? And, and hmm. the answer is pretty much flawlessly. Um, so we watched The Conjuring, which is spooky as shit because it's based on a on a on actual accounts um and testimonies uh and then we followed it up by watching the next one in the, in the timeline which is uh annabelle comes home they were, we're kind of barreling through them we have two left we have the curse of la, la lorana la, la lorona something spanish um and then the conjuring two and we're, and we're kind of you know the conjuring two takes place at christmas so eh, yeah maybe uh, but we're, we're kind of just barreling through them because I don't want to be watching these films too close to Christmas. And I also don't want to like take a, a three week break and then come back to it in January. So we're just <laughs> barreling right. through. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much it. Uh, cool. Yeah. I want to, uh, I was just looking it up. The movie we, just in case anybody was interested, I was talking about, it's called Rip Hagen, Rip the untouchable. Hagen. All right. Hagen, Hagen. Hmm. And however, the Dutch people would say that. And how and where did you watch it? What's and Netflix? The... It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, we we should wrap this thing up. We should thanks to fan for being on the show. I want to tell you about something that happened that I was going to say at the beginning of the show, and now I'm just thinking of it now. So, oh. uh, although I live in the city, uh, the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, um, I am fortunate enough to be able to spend a a good portion of my time uh, out in the country. There's a, a a property that I'm able to be at, um, and uh, and so I get to I get to partake in stars, which is not something you get to see really in the city. So it's it's I don't know it's it's kind of a nice thing. I grew up in a small town out in the country and stuff like that. So that's star not having stars in the city because of the the light pollution is it's just really unfortunate anyways last night i walked outside uh and i looked up at the stars as i always do when it's nighttime out in the country and i saw i looked up and there was like this weird like line of stars i was like wow what is that constellation i've never seen that before it's like 10 stars that are just perfectly in a line and relatively close to each other this is so weird 
And then I realized, oh, these are moving. These line, these stars are all moving, and they're moving in a line, and they're moving fast. Like from the time it, from the time I, it, they were coming into sight on one horizon, and the time they were like leaving sight on the other horizon was only like two minutes. Like these things were. Hmm friggin' wow. trucking it across the sky. And I'm like, what is happening? The aliens have come 2020 <laughs> because I was like, I've never seen a satellite move that fast. And even if it is a satellite, there's like 10 of them and they're in a line and it was the weirdest thing. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, I couldn't, I tried to take video on my phone. My phone wouldn't, you know, my phone just like shut, shut off and it broke and it wouldn't No, uh, my phone just couldn't pick it up. Uh, and mm -hmm. I looked it up, and it is uh, Elon Musk's Starlink satellites. Um, oh. And it was super weird to see, but it was really cool. And, and <laughs> it was a lot of fun just because I was like, what are the odds? Like, these, there are satellites that are all over the place now. Uh, mm -hmm. So what is the probability, really, that at that given moment I would look up and, and see them? Well, he's putting up thousands of them, so oh, eventually it's going to be pretty high pretty common in fact that's a complaint that uh, star gazers are have is that they're going to wreck the view of the stars there, there was I, it was bizarre mm. 10 10 might be conservative there may have been like 20 of them well and, there are already hundreds of them up there yeah and it was yeah. just this line it was just this straight yeah, i don't know line. why they're in a line i've seen pictures of that before it's weird it's so weird it's so weird anyways Devan, thank you so much for coming and and talking love actually with us oh thank you yeah, it was uh, fun. thank you if you thank you anytime you want to come back you're more than welcome to we probably just won't talk about love actually we'll you know pick something else why not uh <laughs> because maybe next time we'll be talking about the the latex dials oh oh yeah that's a good one yeah there's a yeah. there's a latex steel oh yeah see and that's <laughs> we'll <laughs> practice we'll be practicing uh pete why don't you wrap this thing up for us perfect well Thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, please check out our social media links below. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like, follow, subscribe. Um, please rate and review us positively wherever you're listening. And you can also check out our Patreon and merchandise pages below. If you're feeling so inclined to support the show, help pay the bills, keep the lights on. We would appreciate that. If not, if you're not at that level of support, no worries. We always appreciate a like and a comment and hearing feedback. We love hearing the voices of those who are listening to our voices. You know what? Stay true to yourself. You do you. If you listen to the show and it was just a completely shit episode, then review us negatively. Hop in the <laughs> comments and be like, no, that was, that was crap. You guys don't deserve to be on the internet. And we'll probably <laughs> agree, but it's not going to slow us down any. Um, mm -hmm. So, but just, you know, knowing that you're there and, and that it's not just a bunch of bots listening to us. It's fun. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's good. Uh, all right, so we got like one more, one, two, maybe three. Two, maybe three mm. episodes left. We're going to do Spectre. Yep, yep. Uh, we're going to do The Grinch, it would seem. Probably. Probably, seems that's the way the vote's going. Uh, and then if and given we got time, at some point between Christmas and New Year's, we're chit-chatting about Pixar's soul which comes out on Disney Plus on December 25th, which Disney has not paid us to say. But if they want to pay us to say that, we'll say it again <laughs> and again and again. That doesn't seem like a move Disney would make, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.